0: In your Bibles, Romans chapter 12 tonight, and I love preaching from Romans chapter number 12. I've so enjoyed studying this passage of scripture. There's some things in this text tonight that I know will convict us if we're honest. And I want you to, uh, when you listen to Bible preaching, I want you to listen to it the way I preach it. If you ever think I'm preaching at you, you're wrong. I'm preaching at me. <laughs> That's just how it is. Uh, and I pray that you'll tune your ears in to hear what God wants to say to you. Uh, I've maybe told you the story before, but uh, some of our church family in North Carolina, they'd prayed and prayed that this member of their family would come to church, and she finally did. She's an older lady, finally did. Her heart was always hard to the gospel and church, and finally came, and the preacher got up, and man, did he just ever for more preach exactly what they wanted her to hear. They were so curious as to what she heard and how that went. They said to this lady, They said, Well, what'd you think about that preaching tonight? She said, Boy, he told them, didn't he? <laughs> uh, don't have that perspective. And I pray you'll just right now ask the Lord, Lord, you speak to my heart. Lord, you show me what I need. And uh, make this very personal. And I know you'll be glad you did. The Bible says in Romans chapter number 12, and we'll begin reading in verse 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Last verse, verse 21, is actually the title for tonight's message. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. There's a warning in verse 21, a warning that every person in the sound of my voice and every person that's ever lived and every person that's ever trusted Jesus, every person that's ever tried to serve God with their life has the ability or there is threat that this can happen to you and me. That evil overcomes us. Evil overcomes us. That we let evil Rule in our lives. You think, "I don't do this, I don't do that, I don't do this, I don't do that." If the first thing when you think about your Christianity is you give a list of things you don't do, you are on the wrong track, friend. I'll just tell you, being a Christian changes, and there are certain things you don't do. But if your Christianity is defined by the things you don't do, it's not Christianity. It's self-righteousness. Our faith and our Christianity should be defined primarily by the things that we do do. And it is possible to profess Christ as Savior and be overcome with evil. The Apostle Paul, led by the Spirit of God in the verses we've read tonight, gives some very clear things and some very pointed things and specific things that are very tempting for Christian people to fall into that are evil. The Bible says, be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. It comes with a warning. Don't be overcome with evil, but it also comes with a promise. What is it that gets the victory over evil? We're tempted to offer evil. As the answer for evil. Evil as the cure for evil. Evil as the response to evil. God says evil is overcome with good. How do I overcome evil? How do I overcome evil men? How do I over- overcome evil conditions and situations? What's the hope for evil? Good. Good. Overcome evil with good. If you remember Superman and Kryptonite, was it Super? Yeah, it Superman and Kryptonite. The kryptonite of evil is good. And God is greater than the devil. And good is better than evil. And good outweighs, overcomes, overpowers. And gives victory over evil. It should be our burden to overcome evil with good. But I know for a fact that it's our temptation to be overcome of evil. In light of evil that's going on around us. May God help us. Be not overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Three little points. The first one's long, the last two are short. Point number one, the principles. In this passage of Scripture, he just lays out some things that we need to pay attention to because they're all temptations for us to respond evil to evil. Look what the Bible says in verse number 14. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people who that's one of the hardest verses in the Bible for them. Bless them which persecute you. In case there's any possibility that you don't understand what bless them that persecute you means, Paul continues and says, yeah, I said it right. Bless and curse not. When you're persecuted, for whatever reason, by whomever it is, what do you want to do in response to them? You want to curse them. You may want to curse them with cursed words, but the word curse goes deeper than a few words. You wish ill on them. You hope they rot. You hope they get what's coming to them. But God says something very plain in his word. He says, I want you to overcome evil with good and not be overcome of evil. If you're overcome with evil, who gets hurt? You do. But if you overcome evil with good, who gets blessed? You do and the evil person. That's a win-win, right? So the Bible says... Bless your persecutors. Bless them. Bless them which persecute you. You know the word bless? I love the definition. Uh, One of the definitions of the word bless, and it's exactly the way it's used right here. Bless. The word bless is defined in Strong's Concordance like this. Consecrate with solemn prayer. Bless. We are to bless our persecutors. What's that mean? That means the person that gives you the hardest time. The person that gives you the most grief. The person that persecutes you. And you know down deep inside they want you harmed and hurt. That person. God says pray for them. Consecrate them with prayer. Pray and ask God to bless them. Pray and ask God to make them happy. Pray and ask God to encourage them. Pray and ask God to meet their needs. Pray and ask God... To bless them. Have you ever thought about that? Probably have. It makes great preaching. But it's very true. The people that you know are out to get you. The people who hate you. The people who want to hurt you. Do you know how to deal with those people? You don't do it with long text messages and hate mail. You don't do it with Facebook posts that scathe them. You don't do it by talking to people behind their backs and letting everybody know what a low-down, dirty, rotten dog they are. You know how you do that? You know how you deal with that person according to God's word? Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. You know it's hard to hate somebody you're praying for. Pray for them. Bless them. Bless your persecutors. The Bible says in verse 14, bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. It's something hard to do, but I'll tell you something. If you'll ever do it, you'll be glad you did. God will bless you for that, and God will bless them. And if your persecutors are blessed of God, guess what happens? Your persecution goes away. Isn't it sad to think that the Christian people, the people who are supposed to react and respond correctly, because of our bitterness and hatred towards people who are out to get us, are furthering the problem. You see, within us lies the ability to remedy the persecutor, the persecution, and the problem. Because of our pride and our sinfulness, and the fact that we are overcome with evil, and we will not pray God's blessing on the people who hurt us, we just keep furthering the problem. See the principles. First of all, bless your persecutors. Verse 15, the second principle. Look what the Bible says in verse 15. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. Verse 15. Rejoice with them that do rejoice. And weep with them that weep. Now, this seems maybe a little bit elementary, but it's important we pay attention to this because there is something highlighted here that's in a lot of our characters. The Bible says... Rejoice with them that do rejoice and weep with them that weep. you know what we're tempted to do? Especially somebody we do not like. When they rejoice, you know what we're tempted to do? We're tempted to criticize their rejoicing. And when they weep, we're tempted to criticize their weeping. Have you ever been guilty of this? Somebody's really happy about something and you don't like them and you can't help but discredit that they're rejoicing. You you know, they're rejoicing, but but I know what they've done. They're happy today, but I don't know who they really are. They're rejoicing, but I don't know how you can be happy when you've done so many horrible things. They're rejoicing, but you just don't like them. And you can't be happy that they're happy. Shame on you. Shame on us. And the Bible says, look, you need to develop this personality that rejoices when other people rejoices. If you find yourself unhappy that somebody else is, they are not the problem. You understand? They are not the problem. And then the Bible says, in contrast, you should rejoice when they rejoice and you should weep when they weep. You know what we do? Somebody be weeping instead of having a broken heart because they're weeping. We're like, <laughs> serves them right. I saw that coming. I thought that's what was going to happen to them. I figured so much. Hmm. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Uh, well, you know. The Bible says, no, 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 no. Don't have that spirit. Don't have that spirit. If somebody's rejoicing, rejoice with them. Genuinely. Let me tell you something. If you can't rejoice with somebody who is rejoicing, you have a major sin problem. The Bible says you've been overcome with evil. How many of you think I'm overcome with evil? These are symptoms. And if you can't weep with somebody that's weeping, and down deep inside you're like, (laughs) serves them right. Or you just don't care that they're hurting. You are not making the proper decisions and responses to overcome evil with good. We're to rejoice with the rejoicers and weep with the weepers. Let me tell tell you something that helped me a long time ago. We have to make judgments. We're not to be judgmental, but we have to make judgments. Let me encourage you to do something with people air on the side of grace if you're going to make an error and you're going to make an error let me tell you something you can't look at any situation and get it right 100 percent of the time all the time a matter of fact you never get it exactly right when you're looking at, uh, at someone else's life and making judgments you don't know all the variables they don't know all the variables So you're going to make miscalculations and misjudgments. If you're going to have to make judgments and you do, then I want to encourage you to do something. Make the error on the side of grace. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Let a few things go. The Bible says it like this, rejoice with the rejoicers and weep with the weepers. Because we want to not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. Look the third thing, verse number 16. This is a reminder. You are no better than anyone else. Verse number 16, the Bible says, Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. Be of the same mind one toward another. Uh, one interpretation and thought about that phrase is that you treat everybody the same. That's a good thing to do, is to treat everybody the same. But the reality is, I think that this literally means be of the same mind one to one another. That just means that you think of yourself on a level playing with everybody else. You're not better than anybody else, you're not worse than everybody else. You just look, we're all people and earlier in this, uh, in these last few verses, the Bible was talked about the body of Christ. Now look, none of us are better than anybody, than any of the rest of us. We all are different parts joined together to do one great work. And so the Bible teaches and reminds us that you're no better than anybody else. Be of the same mind one another. You're Spot and your place is not more important than somebody else's. And quite frankly, your spot and your place is not less important. We should glory in what God's given us to do, wherever it is, and whatever stage it is. God's faithful and can take care of that. You're no better than anybody else. We're to live in harmony. The scripture continues in this verse, verse number 16. Be of the same mind one toward another, mind not high things but condescend to men of low estate. Look, don't think of yourself better than everybody else and be the kind of person that can enjoy the presence of people that aren't exactly like you. That aren't exactly like you. We should be the kind of people that can have a meal at the local hole in the wall and enjoy the people that stay there and... Have a meal at the Ruth Chris Steakhouse and enjoy the people that are there. All of them are people who need Jesus. You are no better than anybody else. Live in harmony. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of anyone. And then the Bible says this. I like this little phrase. Verse number 16. Be not wise in your own conceits. Don't be a know-it-all. Don't be a know-it-all. You don't know everything. I don't know everything. We don't know everything. Don't be a know-it-all. We, we need to get to the place where we're ready to listen to anybody because just anybody we come in contact with can teach us something. Everyone knows that? I've learned some very valuable lessons from little children who haven't even learned how to read yet. I've learned lessons from people with great big degrees, and I've learned lessons from folks with no degrees at all. We can learn. Don't be wise in your own conceit. You need to be the kind of person that's ready to listen, ready to get along. Just remember, if you're going to overcome evil with good, you've got to remember you are no better than anybody else. The principles continue. Look at the fourth principle, verse 17. Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. What's what's it teach us in verse 17? Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Bottom line, it's never right to do wrong. It just isn't. So what do we want to do when someone pushes us? We want to push them back. What do you want to do when someone curses you? You want to curse them back. What do you want to do when someone... persecute you what do you want you want to persecute them back is that the right response nope never don't recompense evil. some people tell me now look the bible says an eye for an eye tooth for tooth yeah it's used as a negative example of pagan people who are going to ruin their lives if you want to be a pagan person who's going to ruin your life, then sure, do the whole eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth thing. See how it works out. I'll tell you how it'll work out. You're going to be overcome with evil. You're going to ruin your life. You're going to ruin the lives of the people around you, the people who look up to you. You're going to cause division in your church, in your community, in your home. You're going to hurt yourself because you'll be overcome with evil. Sure, the Bible says, yeah, it's a negative example. What's the Bible say? How are we to react to people who treat us wrong? recompense to no man, evil for evil. Don't do it. It's never right to do wrong. Wrong is never right. And then the Bible says in that same verse, avoid the appearance of evil. Avoid the appearance of evil. Look, we just have to keep our testimonies clean. We're setting examples. The principles continue. Number 5, verse 18. The Bible says, if it be possible... As much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. I love this verse. I love this verse. Live peaceably with all men. Now, that should be the goal. Live peaceably with all men. The goal should be to live peaceably with all men. Now, the Bible does say something because we un- the Scripture understands that there are some people so overcome with evil that there's no way they can live peaceably. And the Bible says, so if it be possible, as much as life in you, live peace with all men. I want you to understand something. That the Bible does not intend us to use the first part of this verse as our go to. It's like you said, I'm sorry under your breath one time, and they weren't they weren't friendly back or they didn't smile. And you're like, I, I tried. If it's possible, it just doesn't seem possible. Now, the Bible teaches that we should try as much as is possible. To get along with as many people as possible. Get get along with folks. As much as is possible, as much as lieth in you, live peace with all men. How do we live peaceably? If it it be possible, it should not be your go-to. Our go-to should be live peaceably. It's possible, do you know that? To live peaceably with most people. Even people you disagree with. The Bible says a soft answer turns away wrath. The Bible says only by pride comes contention. Our own pride stirs so much trash up. We need to be careful. The principles. Number six, the last principle. Verse 19, the Bible teaches us to avenge not ourself. Verse number 19, the Bible says this, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself. What's that mean? That means do not look to get revenge On your own. Don't be looking to settle the score to even the playing field. Don't be looking to get revenge. The Bible says, avenge not yourself. Now, look at this next phrase. It's very important. But rather, give place unto wrath. Now, when I read through this just casually, I'm like, okay, the Bible's telling me, don't avenge yourself, don't have wrath. But that's not what the Bible says. I want you to think about a verse in Scripture with me. The Bible says in one place, neither give place to the devil. You remember that? And what's that mean? That means don't give the devil any room in your life. Don't give him any space. Don't give him an opportunity to stick his nose in where it doesn't belong. Be sober, be vigilant. I have said the devil is a roaring lion. Walk about, so you may devour Neither give place to them. Don't give him any room. But I want you to see exactly what the Bible says in this verse. Verse 19 Avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. Does it say don't give place to wrath or do give place to wrath? It says do give place to wrath. What's that mean? You know what it means? Exactly what it says. It says, "Give some room with your enemies, for God to do His job." You know what we're bad to do? We're overcome with evil. And we stay so hung up and keep so close the vengeance and the anger and the rage that is pent up inside of us for somebody that we want them to have a little bit of suffering like they've caused us to suffer. And we keep them so close that God doesn't have room to do his job because you won't get out of the way. The Bible says, give place to wrath. Back up a little bit. Give him a little room. God will take care of the revenge Avenge not, the Bible says. Don't avenge for yourself. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place. Give God some room to work his job. It's God that issues wrath. What's your wrath? Your wrath is sin. What's God's wrath? Righteous judgment. Would you rather your enemy suffer your wrath or God's righteous judgment? I'll just tell you, if you choose your wrath, you're wrong. Your wrath is designed to hurt that person, God's wrath is designed in judgment to help that person while they're alive. Wrath, give God room to do His job. We get so tore up and so full of evil that we won't let God do what He does so well. The principles. The last one, avenge not yourself. The Bible concludes this verse, verse 19, saying, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. In Deuteronomy 32, 35, the Bible says, To me, God speaking, to me belongeth vengeance. Whose job is it to get even? Whose job is it to settle the score? Whose job is it to make all the accounts righteous gods? Get out of the way. You're not helping anything. You're hurting yourself. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Number one, the principles. I said the first point was long. The last two are very short. The principles. Number two, the application. Look, the Bible says verse 20. Oh, what a great verse. Therefore, in light of the principle we just talked about, therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. What do we do to our enemies? If they're hungry, (laughs) you deserve it. No. If they're hungry, feed them. If he thirsts, give him drink. If he's thirsty, give him something to drink. The Bible says, for in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Now, let me tell you something. If you read verse number 20, and you're like, I can't wait to give that sucker something to eat and something to drink because I want him to burn, baby, burn. You did not get the principle of this chapter. But the Bible's very plain. God's way works. Overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. If you do what's right, God is you want to take care of the burning. If you do things right, you hope that the burning, all it does is produces repentance. The application, look, if they're hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them to drink. Let God do his work. Give place to wrath. Give God room to do his job. The application is verse number 20. And number three, the product is verse number 21. What happens? Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. What's the product? The product is your worst nightmare does not come true where evil rules in your life. What's the product? The best outcome possible comes to pass. Evil is overcome with good. How do I win against my critics? The Bible says it like this. For so is the will of God with well-doing. You may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. How do I silence the critics? Just doing what's good, doing what's right. You overcome evil with good. How do I overcome the enemy? With good. How do I get the victory? With good. How can I rest with what they've done? With good. I'll tell you something. Every time I've ever tried God's way, it worked. I'd encourage you to do the same. Try it God's way. Overcome evil with good. How many of you be honest to say, in this pastor's scripture, this message tonight, Pastor Cody, the Lord's convicted me of some things in my life that aren't just right. Would you raise your hand? Me too. Listen, give them to God, and let's see what God can do when we give Him room to do His job, because He's promised. I will overcome evil with good. Hey, we get the privilege of doing what's right and seeing God produce what's right. That's the product. He's faithful. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good.